Good morning. Uh, what a blessing to see Liz's children worshiping with her in song this morning. It's always a good feeling when our kids can help us along the journey. If you will pray with me. God, we thank you for this day. We ask that you will just be in the space and be with us, be among, amongst us, and be in us. God, we just thank you for what our ears will hear and what we will experience on today. We ask that you will come into our hearts and open up our hearts and our minds so that we can receive from you. It's in your son, Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So, we've heard the scripture today, Mary's song. Mary was an ordinary person going about her business from day to day, studying the scriptures, believing in God, and then God taps her on the shoulder and says, you will be the mother of the Savior. As a result of her faith and desire to serve, she said, I am your servant. And when God wants to use us, there is nothing we can do but say yes and do as he instructs. We will have questions, maybe even encounter self-doubt. But like Mary, we will be able to recall scriptures such as Philippians 4 and 13 that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Or we can reach to Psalm 121 and look to the hills from where our help comes from. Mary knew the scriptures because when we read her song, we see that she reached back into Psalm 34 verses 1 through 3. And she, the psalm there says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. Now, though this particular song was a song of deliverance for David, it was a song of deliverance for Mary, for she knew that the Messiah was the one to deliver the nations, and she was chosen as the one to carry, deliver, nurture, and nurture the deliverer. For those of us beyond our teen years, I'm going to ask you to think back to being a teenager and recall, what were you doing between the ages of 12 and 14? I realize that many of us have had different experiences as teens. For example, I was an urban teen. I was a teen in an urban city in the 80s and did not experience life on a farm with exposure to God's creation in that way. On this journey, I've encountered many people that have grown up on farms and experienced God um, by taking care of the animals and eating from farm to table. Others have had other experiences that may have included growing up in another country where their parents were missionaries serving others and they've learned to live alongside and work aside, alongside people of varying, varying cultures. Then for the persons in the room that are currently experiencing your teen years, let us all imagine what it would be like to have the responsibility of parenting at such an early age. Now please understand I'm not here to knock or offend anyone that may have been a teen parent. I know plenty of people that were teen parents and are excellent parents. But what I want us to think about is the responsibility that comes with that. The thought of having to make sure that this little person is clothed, fed, and safe on a daily basis while trying to tend to the things that a typical teen tends to, such as schoolwork, chores, extracurricular activities such as sports or drama club. And when I recall my teen days, that would have been a lot for me to handle. And here's Mary in a time when parenthood began at that age. Though Mary's initial reaction was shock, she asked, how could this be? 
How often do we experience or have an encounter with God and ask the question, how can this be? You heard earlier in some of the uh, meditation that sometimes we have questions that we have to ask or we have questions that we want to ask and may not get the answer to. And I could not imagine being around in Mary's time. I could not imagine being Mary, the chosen one, to carry the deliverer, to deliver the one that would deliver me. As we think about Mary's new role, the mother of the Savior, the one to redeem the world from, from its sins, we ask, how can this be? How can one person born of woman be the Savior? We look to, to the angel Gabriel's reply in verse 37 that says, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. We see this scripture woven throughout the Bible, and maybe you refer to it more times than not in your own life when facing something that may seem to be difficult or challenging, and you remind yourself that with God, what seems impossible is possible. It takes faith to live that out day to day. In Mary's song, she acknowledges and recognizes the privilege to be the one chosen to be Jesus' mother. It's an assignment that she doesn't take lightly. She receives it with humility and reverence. In verse 48, she acknowledges her own stature as being lowly, yet she will be called blessed from generation to generation. And here we are, over 2,000 years later, we are still telling her story and calling her blessed. I recall a prayer that I learned in Catholic school. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Now as a youth, even as a teen, it really didn't hit home for me until my early 20s when I really started listening to God's voice. And though I learned that I do not need an intermediary to pray to and that I have direct access to God, I understood the prayer. The prayer is called the Angelus, the, the, the Angelus or the Hail Mary. And sometimes we hear, we hear people say, oh, say a Hail Mary for me. I need a little prayer. Say a Hail Mary for me. When we look at this prayer, it recognizes that Mary is blessed and highly favored. The prayer also acknowledges that the fruit of her womb, Jesus, is also blessed. Mary's assignment was to give birth, nurture, and care for the Redeemer. The last line of the prayer asks that she pray for sinners now and at the hour of their death. Friends, as we think about the purpose of Jesus' arrival, which is to redeem us, we can't wait until the hour of our death. We should proclaim him now. We are to seek his face while it can still be found. Serve him now and live a repentant life while we still can. Mary says in her song that God is mighty and has done great things. He's above his strength. He's, I'm sorry. He's shown his strength. The proud and mighty have been knocked down and the rich have lost their riches. Yet the hungry have been filled. Not just the hungry that lack food, but the hungry that are seeking to know him better. God desires that we lean on him, not for us to walk around with proud and haughty spirits, proclaiming to have pulled ourselves up by our own bootstraps. Where's the humility in that? Things that we have accomplished are by the grace of God. God desires that we recognize that he, has provi that he provides for all of our needs. Even Mary was provided for. When we think of God's provision, oftentimes our minds go to animate things, shelter, food, water. Yet God provides for us as a whole being. Mary was engaged to be married. How would she tell her fiancé? What will he think? 
how will he react? Will he still marry her and take care of her child? So many questions, so much emotional turmoil. But God, our provider, already had a plan for the angel to speak to Joseph as well. How often do you find yourself worrying about the things that you can do nothing about? The things you cannot control, such as how will someone react to something you're doing or saying? After hearing from the angel speaking about how nothing is impossible with God, Mary said, yes. I imagine that she was not worried about how Joseph would react because she had faith and trusted that God would take care of it. It's human to worry, yet our faith and trust call us to depend and lean on the arm of God. The same arm that brought the mighty and proud down in verses 51 to 53 is the same arm that will hold us up. In Deuteronomy 33:37, we find these words. The eternal God is thy refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms, and he shall thrust out the enemy from before thee, and shall say, destroy them. In verses 26 through 29, we find Moses saying that there is no God like the God of Jeshurun that will ride across the heaven to help you, and that he is a shield and a helper. In verse 54, Mary says, he has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever just as he promised our ancestors. In Deuteronomy 33, 28 through 29, Israel then shall, do, shall dwell in safety alone. The fountain of Jacob shall be upon the land of corn and wine. Also his heavens shall drop down dew. As we encounter Mary's faith and knowledge of the scriptures, we can see the strength of God's arm at work and the, and the fulfillment of the scriptures taking place. As we continue to share Mary's song, for more years to come, my question to you is, what is your song of praise? What is your song of adoration for the marvelous things he has done for you? If you had to write a song, what would it be? What would the first line be? And as I think about this, I'll start with my introduction. It would be, thank you, Lord, for being who you are. Thank you for being the, the greater are you who is in me than he that is in the world? So based on 1 John 4 and 4, greater is he who is in me than who, he who is in the world. My words would be, greater are you who is in me. If you don't have a song to offer to God, that's fine. Our experiences lead us to have, is, is, it is our experiences that lead us to having songs in our spirits that help carry us through. The scriptures are the basis for many of the hymns that we sing. There are times when it's the hymns that help us get through some dark moments, and it can be those same hymns that excite us and remind us of God's great love for us. I'm going to ask you to trust me for a moment, but most importantly, to trust God. I want us to engage in a short exercise. So I want you to position yourself, posture yourself so that you're comfortable then I'm going to ask you to close your eyes, and I'm going to look around the room to see who's closing your eyes. <laughs> I'm going to keep mine open so I can see. But I want you to close your eyes and sit still and listen to the quiet. Notice the rhythm of your breathing as you inhale and exhale. 
In this quiet space, think about what it means to be thought of by God. What does it mean to be loved by God? Think about what it means to be blessed by God. As we sit with our eyes closed and in this quiet space, how are you experiencing God every day as you walk in your blessedness and live in community with others? Ask yourself, will others see that in you? If you are unsure what others will see, of what others see, what will you do to create the narrative you want others to see? How will you present yourself? Will you begin to talk differently, act differently, so that when they see you, they see one that knows, loves, and serves God privately and publicly? I'm going to ask you to put your hand over your heart and repeat after me. My soul does magnify the Lord. And my spirit rejoices. In God my Savior. For he has been mindful to his humble servant. Friends, open your eyes. It has been mentioned over the course of the past two weeks that Advent is a time of reflection while we anticipate the coming of Christ. The purpose of this exercise was to take a reflective moment to seek the face of God. And as we depart today, let's be mindful that we also, like Mary, are just lowly people, humble servants, seeking to please God. Mary's response to God's announcement that she was the chosen one is found in verse 38. I am the Lord's servant. Friends, may this be your response when you hear God's voice as the one chosen for your assignment. Mary literally carried the gospel. We too have been chosen to carry, share, and live out the gospel day to day. Be encouraged by Mary's song of praise. She was in awe and she reverenced and anticipated and expected the joy of the Lord to make his presence. Expect those same things in your life. Let us pray. Gracious, loving, and forgiving God, we offer unto you praise and adoration for being who you are. In this time of anticipation and expectation, we ask, O oh Lord, that you continue to reveal yourself to us so that we may have experiences 
and encounters of praise, awe, and reverence. We thank you for your mindfulness of each and every one of us as we strive to be humble, to act justly, to show mercy. We cry out to you today and shout hallelujah, the highest praise. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>